Hey everybody, welcome to the Covenant Podcast today. It is good to have everybody tuning in, wherever you're tuning in, however you're tuning in. Thanks for being here. Um, Today, um, we have a very special guest with us. Um, If you'll remember, a couple weeks ago, we did a podcast with uh, the new president of the seminary, Jody Hill, and and we talked about kind of a little bit about how we had things in common that um, he was an associate pastor at his home church, and then I came in and was associate pastor. And one thing that that Jody mentioned is that one of the common things we also have was that we were both associate pastors under the same pastor, um, the Reverend Dr. Steve Mosley. So I thought, well, let's get Steve on here, and he can tell not all the stories he knows, but uh, some of them. So uh, we've got Steve Mosley, the Reverend Doctor, with us. Hey, Steve. Hey, Dwan. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for taking some time to join us today. Um, before we get started, Steve, if you wouldn't mind, I know all about you, and uh, <laughs> but the people don't. So if you wouldn't mind, just give them a little bit of background about um um, you and uh, wh- how you're serving right now in the ministry that, that you're doing. I retired two years ago and then am working part-time at the last church you pastored, That's right. which is Lake Hamilton, Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Hot Springs, and am very blessed to, to follow in your shoes there. Uh, I am part-time, and I am enjoying it very much. I have been in the ministry for about 10 million years. <laughs> right. I'm thrilled that I can still do something. Yeah. Well, so uh, I, I tell people all the time that I, I really um, – it was about halfway through my seminary journey before I – ever preached and pastored a church you know a lot of people will do that during seminary do interim stuff and um it was it was you that that basically um tricked me into being a pastor (laughs) that's what i tell people but no you were the one that kind of reached out to me um and we kind of formed a relationship and a position came open where you were a pastor for associate pastor and you and I had long conversations about this and you were the first person that, to ever kind of mentor me and, and still do um, in that, that kind of position. I, and what a blessing that has been all of these years. Uh, we do have the relationship of father son, even though we're not blood related mm-hmm. and, it, it was a joy to bring you in to work with uh, Mount Zion and the church. We were we adopted the church, and and you had primary pastoral duties at Hopewell and and uh, associate duties at, at Mount Zion, and it, it was just such a blessing to 
to bring you on board, and you did follow it in Jody's footsteps. He was the, the first to work there, but uh, throughout the years, is we've just had a relationship that can't be described. Yeah, no, that that I mean, you were um, um, very instrumental. Well, in every every step of my life, I mean, this not only was was Steve the 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 person that that kind of mentored me in 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 pastoring um and i want to tell a funny story here in a little bit i don't know if you remember this story steve but but you also um you officiated honey and i's wedding um you were the chairman and and leader of my ordination committee so some of the biggest parts of my life you know that you were always there for and so that's just to kind of let everybody know the kind of relationship that we have still to this day and then even when i was you know, contemplating leaving Lake Hamilton and coming here, you were you were one of the ones that I would just talk to and vent to, and always given always good advice. And um, but so w- when I first became when when I came on board as pastor, and I don't know if you remember this story or not, but I, I always had okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be preaching, right? That's a big part of what I do, and I, I really love that. And I remember. Us having a conversation, and there was somebody in in it was the Hopewell Church, and I don't remember who it was that was in the hospital, and you you called to tell me, hey, so and so is in the hospital, and I remember saying, well, that stinks. I hope they get better, and you were like, what, Dwan? You have to go see them. I said, what? That's that's part of what I do. I, I've got to go. Visit. So you really helped bring me forward, and and something that I've always learned from you the most is. We're pastors and preachers, and the pastoring aspect is something that I'm still learning from you to this day. Yes, it's uh, it's totally different from preaching. It part of the the great thing I've got going right now is I get to do more preaching than pastoring, but what I do is still a blessing, and uh, it, it, it goes goes hand in hand you can't have one without the other and be a minister of a church yeah it's definitely but but one thing that i've i've, I've figured through that is that i i love both i love doing both and um they're both very very important um so uh, one of the the blessings too steve is that when you left the mount zion church you actually went to the russellville church which is <laughs> near my hometown so we i think we got even closer after that point um when you did that and how long did you serve in the russellville church oh gosh uh it, it was uh about 17 18 years uh from two i started in 2001 and retired two years ago so that'd be 17 and that uh it's just strange how our ties have just been there all together, and now I'm serving where you pastored, and mm-hmm. uh, blessing that is. Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the interesting things that I think you did at your church, um, in at your time in Russellville, and I want you to share this story because I think it's very innovative. Um, you guys um, started a Monday night service. Um, you know, in churches, if you do an extra service, it's on Sunday night or it's on Wednesday night. But you guys started a Monday night service. And just 
kind of, I know that that has always been a special service to you because of that. But just the innovative and the outside the box way of thinking to do that, how did that come about? Well, it, it started with a young adult group that uh, gathered on Monday nights. They, uh, we would bring food in and eat it, and we would do some inductive Bible study, and when we spent time praying in the sanctuary, and it was sort of an answer to prayer uh, that we moved beyond that and that we go into what became our contemporary worship uh, on Monday nights. We wrestled with what night to do it. Some were doing it on Saturdays. Some were doing it on Sunday nights or Wednesday nights, like you said. But we decided to keep it on Monday night. And for the first few years especially, we would have people come and just thank us for doing it on Monday night because they couldn't come to church on Sunday because they worked. And so we had several people that came into the church through the Monday night service. And even though it was contemporary, the interesting thing was that so many of our elderly people just dearly loved that service and were so faithful and so helpful in keeping it going. And it it was uh, just an important service to the church and the people that would give up Sundays and Mondays and and come and, and help with the worship and do everything else was amazing. We usually had a meal before the, the service and just good fellowship time and, and good time, period. Yeah, I, it, one of the things, you know, that, that I always learn from you is you, you, you tell me, you know, that the church, the church does not exist between you know eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, or ten forty-five, 11, whenever you meet. But the church should always be active and going, and even if it's Monday night or, or wherever the spirit's leading. Right, and we we put that service just as serious as Sunday. We didn't call it off for holidays or anything else. Uh, it was it was a very important service to the church. Yeah. So you did that for a while, and I know that was a blessing. And um, actually, I, I got to preach at that service one time. I, I remember you went on vacation, and um, I was like, I'm not doing anything Monday night. And you asked me to come in. It, it, it was a good service, and it was a blessing to be there. And you're right. It was it was a service. It was just as serious as any other service that, that you would go to. Um, one, one of the things that I, I, want, I want the people to hear is, and there might be some that are not aware um, in, in the Cumberland Presbyterian Church, but we are, we're tackling a tough issue and have been for many years, Steve, and probably, if we're honest, many decades um, of unification. And some know what that is and some don't. But if you wouldn't mind, because I, w- I want to talk a little more seriously about this, give a little background to the people. What is this unification that we're talking about in the Cumberland Presbyterian Church? After the Civil War, the black Cumberland Presbyterian requested that they be able to leave and start their own denomination, and they did. And, of course, uh, with the doing away with slavery and everything else, it was very important to them to do so. Uh, since then, there have been attempt after attempt after attempt 
to put the two denominations back together. Uh, and I won't go into all the detailed history of those attempts. And I uh, was very involved in, in, in this attempt. Uh, I've served on the task force. Uh, actually, we started with the Committee on Theology and Social Concerns and a paper we wrote and put the issue back up to both denominations in 2010, 2011. I attended both general assemblies representing that committee. And then my time expired on that committee, and I was placed on the task force that's been working on unification now since 2012. And it's been a, a wonderful, wonderful experience, both people from both denominations working together. Uh, at our general assembly year before last, we, both denominations, approved a unification plan in which we would come together and become the Cumberland Presbyterian Church United. Uh, this then has gone to the Presbyteries, and that's where we are now. In the Cumberland Presbyterian Church, we already have a majority of Presbyteries that have voted for it in the Cumberland Presbyterian Church in America, which is the predominantly black denomination, uh, there's still Presbyteries that haven't voted. Uh, where we stand with it right now is we have three of their Presbyteries that have voted for it and six that have voted against. And I think there's six more Presbyteries that still have to vote on it. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. If they approve it, we will meet at our General Assembly next year, and when we close it, we'll open, the, it'll be both General Assemblies, we'll open as a new denomination and a new General Assembly the following year. Uh, it all depends on what happens with the vote right now in the uh, uh, Cumberland Presbyterian Church in America. but. That's basically the structure of where we are. And I don't know if you want me to talk about my feelings about unity or not. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and so so basically, you know, kind of what he's talking about it is is that we have two Cumberland Presbyterian denominations. And, and the reality is, let's just call it what it is, Steve, uh, the only thing that's separating us right now is the color of our skin and the name on the wall, right? I mean, theologically, Theolo theologically, we, we we're we're the same. We have the same confession of faith, right? And That's exactly right. And so we, you, and and you and I, and and when when you're speaking, we're we're on the same page because we we both have this same passion of of unity. And what you've been working on for the last seven eight years, or wh however long, with a bunch of people, is it's ridiculous that we're separated. We need to be one. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. And and so and yeah, if you don't mind sharing your feelings and your passion about it, I think that's very important. Well, I have a strong belief, and in, in, in Ephesians is a good place to go in, in the scriptures to to see. But I have a strong belief that unity is a gift of God. 
we already have unity. God has already given us unity. And I don't mean to preach, but I don't know what else to do. Already given us unity. Our problem is learning how to live in unity. Uh, and the political nature of our world, the racial tension in our world right now, I have had a belief and a conviction that we have an opportunity to say to the world, look, we can live together. We can be one, black, white, red, whatever the color of our skin is, brown, and and we have an opportunity to make a statement to the world. God has unified us, and this is how you do it. Now, whether we'll do that or not, I don't know, because we're still trying to figure out how to live in God's gifts, period. But that's my basic conviction. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I would I would do nothing but say amen to that. Um, uh, that's one thing we, we we talk about here too. With all the the division going on in the world, the political, the social is what if what if just hypothetical, Steve? What if the church could be the example of how we're supposed to? You know, we can disagree on some issues, but still be united as one. Well, that's what the church is called to do, is to be an example to the rest of the world. Uh, Whether the world agrees with it or not, the the world didn't agree with Jesus. Look what they did to him. And this is our calling, is to be the body of Christ to the world. And we just got to learn how to do it. You know, I I think we're struggling with how to do it. Do you think that we've gone from the church and and when i say the church the church the the body of christ from from leading to following and what i mean from that is is leading the way to help define to help mold to following i mean the, you know let's just take you know p- politics for example we're, we're we're not helping define that but we're following the lead of political parties and leaders and dragging Jesus into that. We're we're taking our lead from the world, period. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, talking about a Monday night service. You've heard me say a lot, and I said it this past Sunday. Uh, you need to make an appointment to visit the church. So we set up times Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock or 1030 in our case, or Sunday nights or Wednesday nights or even Monday nights. Uh, That's the business way of dealing with the world. We've taken the political into the church, and the church is scared to death to talk about the political because we have people from both parties, uh, different views, and we sure don't want to upset anyone and force anyone to leave the church. So we sort of put it on the back burner, we'll talk about it privately, we'll do other things, but uh, we don't, we're not being the body of Christ to the world. The world, we're just about the same in the church as the rest of the world is, and I think you're right, we're called to be that example and to lead the world instead of follow it, but we do a good job of following. 
Yeah, we do. We and that's the temptation. Is 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 you're right. I mean, the body of Christ should be a group of people. Um, I mean, if we can't if we can't talk about it with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and be honest, then where can we talk about it? I mean, shouldn't church be the one place you can be honest and you won't be judged because you're thinking different than somebody else? And it should be the one place we get down on our knees and pray together. We worship together. We talk together. We raise the question, how do we be Christ to the world? And then we should work on programs that help us be Christ to the world and reach out to the world uh, instead of just sitting back and waiting on, on something to happen. But yes, we should be open, honest, and be able to talk about anything, disagree, and then embrace one another in the love of Christ and go on. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I think what the world has told us is you can't disagree and embrace each other. The world right. the world has told us if I disagree with you, then we're we can't we can't be friends. That's right. And and That's you, right. And you look at Jesus, I mean the whole the, the whole group of disciples were <laughs> I mean, they they didn't they didn't get along. I mean, they were constantly, "Hey, which one of us you like the best? Which one's the greatest?" You know. Oh yeah, and and, and whether you can eat barbecue or not, uh, when Peter went out, I mean, it was just it, it, it's almost comical to watch the beginning of the church and and what happened, but they were able to hold together in Jesus Christ. Yes, yes, that, that kept them together. Yes. Amen. Uh, that exactly, and and I know that is, you know, we we talked about the the unification task force that you're on, because you're passionate about it, um, and as am I. But I think that the main thing that we're passionate about, just fundamentally, is unity in general. Right. So. Right. In in, in every area of life. Uh, with the races, of course, the black and white issues, as well as uh, the brown issues, the Orientals, the Indians. Uh, we have a rich history in, in going out into the world, uh, but we can't put it together here. And we can't put it together socially and politically, and, and somewhere, somehow, we've got to come together. Last question, Steve, before we before we wrap this up, and, and, and here's something that I've been just thinking about, and do you think that the reason that we have, and this is just a theory I have, that we've become so divided that it's hard for us to show unity is because we've become so individualistic. Um, we're, we're not community anymore. We, we don't get together and hear other people's stories and understand why you think that way and believe that way. Because I'm a big proponent, if you do that, then you might not agree with the person, but you can at least learn to respect where they're coming from. Well, individualism is one of the great sins of our world. One of many, but it's one of the great sins of our world. Uh, this is the way we were raised. Nobody's going to help you. You've got to do it for yourself. Uh, if you've got a problem, pull up your bootstraps and go on and and everything else, don't 
depend on anyone. Don't open up to anyone. I remember early in my ministry, uh, my father, and uh, when I was assistant pastor of my home church, uh, when I was being honest about something, he, he pulled me aside and said, you can't do that. You're not supposed to share that. You're not supposed to let people see your weakness. Well, that's part of the individualism, the philosophy of individualism that we live in in this world and that we were taught growing up and it's hard for us to get over it and it is blocking our embracing one another sharing with one another loving one another caring for one another healing one another and, and doing all of the christian things we're, we're called to do it, it, it's a great sin in this world that we're guilty of yeah yeah, and I, and and you touched on the, the the point about being honest with who we are, and that's and that's one thing I remember you instilling at me very very early is because we're not supposed to be vulnerable, especially if you're a preacher, right? If you're a preacher, you're supposed to have it all together, and you're supposed to have everything, you know, right? And and I remember coming to you one day and just I, I said, I feel so unworthy to stand up in front of these people and deliver a message. And you looked at me and said, and you are unworthy, and don't you ever forget it. <laughs> right. If you think you're worthy, you better quit preaching right now. Uh, and if I didn't think God worked in spite of me, uh, I, I would never get in a pulpit again. Yeah. Uh, I believe that with all my heart. And that's part of that being honest. That's part of being an example in leading your people. To be open and honest, and uh, it, you know, it, it's all right to have weakness. That's, it, it's my weakness that shows me my need for a Jesus Christ down across for me. Sure, uh, you know, it, it's not my strengths. He didn't die for my strengths. Yeah, he died for any place I was good. He died for all the places I'm wrong. Yeah, and I that we've got to be honest with the people that we lead and and living out that example too well and also too if i'm up i'm up front with people and, and say hey i'm just as flawed messed up with, as you when when i mess up i could look and say i told you so <laughs> why are you surprised that's right, right? <laughs> that's right well uh well steve i appreciate your time this is a good conversation a good discussion um i think you know the the whole topic of just unity in general is something that I wish we had more of. Um, I think we, we, and I can speak as covenant, we've had uh, over the last month lots of discussions during our Sunday morning service on being unified, uh, and I hope everybody are, are having these discussions, especially during this time, and I appreciate what you're doing for unification and being unified, not only in the church, but just in our denomination in general. Well, I appreciate what you're doing. You know how much I love you and how proud of you I am. And, uh, boy, we could spend a whole lot more pastors like you. Well, sometimes the person's only good as the person who has taken them under their wings and helped show them direction. And so um, I, you being that to me, um, and, and you know, you said it earlier, our relationship is, is – is not so much anymore as a mentor relationship as it is father son kind of relationship and so that's 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 you are my son yeah so right. 
So I guess here's 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 how I'm going to leave it, Steve. Is um, one of the things around here um, we talk about is um, on on the the sign to my office is it's it says the dude, the dude, and so um, I, we, I I call myself the dude a lot, and everybody gets a kick out of it. So I guess we're going to name this podcast um, the Grand Dude. That'll work. <laughs> so now that'll you, work. <laughs> Well, cool. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for stopping in. Uh, love you, dude. Appreciate your time. Love you. And um, I'll holler. I'll holler at you sometime soon. All right. All right. Love you. You know that. I know it. Love you too. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, right. Steve. Uh huh. Bye. All right, everybody. That was the Reverend Doctor Steve Mosley. Uh, good, good, good friend and person in my life, and I hope you guys enjoyed that. And um, uh so anyway uh that was the podcast uh the this sunday at 8:45 and 10:45 we have a worship and uh we are talking about what it looks like to be created in the image of god i hope you all can join us and i hope everybody has a great week and be safe out there guys be safe <laughs>